0: Of Queen City Culture, and welcome to today's episode. Today I'm sitting down with Carolina Lukak, the Garden Education Manager at Vermont Community Garden Network. So, hello, Carolina. Hello. Can you talk about the work and development of Vermont Community Garden Network?
1: Yes. So, Vermont Community Garden Network, or VCGN for short, is a local nonprofit here in Burlington, Vermont we have been around for 16 years and our work focuses on supporting community-based gardens so anywhere that people are growing food together be it a more traditional allotment style garden or school gardens affordable housing sites that have gardens hospital gardens um, any place where people are interested in growing food and we support them Through various programs, we have hands-on education programming, um, grant programs that we run every year to support the creation of gardens and and gardens that want to do some improvement projects, Um, and we're always partnering with different organizations, both locally in Burlington and throughout the state of Vermont, to further our mission. And how did you become involved with this kind of work? So I've been in Vermont for the past four years, and prior to being in Vermont for this job, I was living in Mexico City, and I was involved there in running urban agriculture programs and doing some school gardening work. Um, My interest in that, I would say, originated probably when I was in college, and I... Found out that my college had a school-run farm, um, and I started interning there and working there, and spent the rest of my summers and some years post college um, getting to know what growing food is like on a small and medium scale, and then being really interested in the educational side of that, so teaching others how to grow their food, and so that interest that started in. Learning how to grow my own food and then learning how to teach to others took me first to those many years in Mexico City working with urban populations, and then now here in Vermont where there's a thriving food culture um, with a not-so-urban landscape. (laughs) Who is able to participate with these gardens? So I'd say a very wide range of individuals. My direct work with VCGN is on the garden education programming in Burlington. And so I can share a a little um, preview of of work we're doing this upcoming season. Um, I'll be working at seven affordable housing sites. We're in a partnership with Champlain Housing Trust. These are sites all around Chittenden County um, where residents have gardens at their living spaces and we're there to support them in planting the gardens in providing technical assistance throughout the season Um, and those individuals I see a whole range from young families with um, young kids, single parents, um, some seniors, there's a range of folks um, from the immigrant community, from new Americans who are Um, living at the affordable housing sites. In addition to that, I do some senior gardening. So with the elder population here in town, I'll be working at one site this summer Um, and that particular residence um, supports individuals with more advanced degrees of dementia Mm -hmm. and Alzheimer's. Um, I know we have Several programs for youth gardens and supporting youth programs. One of my coworkers, Libby, um, does a lot of work with the Farm to School Network and supporting folks who run school gardens. And I'd say the scale of people that we collaborate with is everything from the individual who's renting a plot at a community garden to people gardening at home, whether beginners or more advanced. Yeah, it sounds like anybody who wants to participate (laughs) is able
0: to. Exactly. Uh, Can you talk about the immigrant families that you've worked with within these gardens?
1: Sure. So most of the work that I've done with the New American community here in Burlington has been through the Family Room Garden. The Family Room is a parent-child center based here in downtown Burlington, and during the summer months, they run... There playgroups out in the garden at the Ethan Allen Homestead. And so activities that typically take place indoors are shared outdoors. There are activities for children. Um, parents always participate along with their children. And I've been involved with supporting the gardening aspect where there's around 60, 65 different kitchen plots for families to sign up for. I would say half, if not more than half, of them are new American families. And many of them come from agricultural backgrounds. They Mm -hmm. know a lot about gardening, um, but have many questions about how to make it work in Vermont or how to get access to much loved crops like okra. I know every year I'm asked to bring more and more okra seeds. Um, So I'm there to support that and to also work more specifically with the children. Um, There's a little a children's Exploration Garden that we've set up that allows us to work on some nutrition education and some getting to know um, the world of food through gardening. You just mentioned the okra. What are people
0: planting? Obviously it differs from plot to plot, yeah. but do you like bring them initially in with like a standard set of vegetables? <laughs> <So>
1: this has <laughs> been an interesting really experience because the family room garden, I'd say for the most part, receives donations from greenhouses, from farms, from nonprofits like us, of extra seedlings, extra plants, and extra seeds, and it's been very interesting to be there for different seasons because now I feel, so I have a sense of what are the hot, hot items, mm-hmm. I would say tomatoes are always much loved, but not so much cherry tomatoes. People are looking for mm. bigger tomatoes to make sauces with. And that's something, making the tomato sauces is something that I see cross-culturally. Hot peppers is another one that are a little bit sometimes challenging to grow in Vermont, depending on what our season looks like. But bell peppers will remain on the donation table versus something like a cayenne pepper Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a Thai pepper. Those fly off the shelf um, and into people's gardens. And then some herbs that I see, are much love cilantro, parsley. Sometimes flowers get, get people's attention, but I would say, in, in as far as the vegetable world, in addition to tomatoes, peppers, onions, very love cabbage also. I'm, I'm surprised that I've seen so many people go after the cabbage. Um, not so much kale. I, <laughs> I don't see too many people thrilled about kale, but other... Leafy greens that can be cooked down like
0: spinach. That was not the first time that I heard <laughs> that kale was not the winner. You said that a lot of these people are coming with their own knowledge of agriculture from their home countries. Is there any like sharing of knowledge between the leaders at Vermont Community Garden Network and those who are gardening? It's like a sharing of knowledge. You teach them about how to farm in Vermont and then they teach you maybe techniques and
1: things. Yep, I would say the. The that that a cultural exchange that most stands out for me are times when we've done cooking activities. So mm-hmm. We've done kind of cooking from around the world, and that gives everyone an opportunity to share a little bit of where they come from. And so we first focus on growing the vegetables. Um, so by midsummer, mid late summer, I'd say probably around late July or August, um, we take a look and see what are growing in their gardens, and we ask around and see who's interested in cooking something from their native land. Um, I can think of the year that we did the most cooking was a couple years ago. I can think of, um, we definitely had some samosas made. I believe a family made momos we had what else can i think of (laughs) with my my cultural background from mexico we made salsa and handmade tortillas um one book that comes to mind that i've seen several interpretations depending on where you're reading it is um, stone soup and it talks about a community coming together to make a pot of soup where everybody (laughs) donates an ingredient so we made a version of that, and that seemed like one of those occasions where okay. everybody donated their, their favorite vegetable, and you put it all together in one pot, That's and so fun! it comes out delicious. Um, well, those are some examples of how cooking brought everyone together, mm-hmm. and the actual cooking was done out in the garden with children of all ages and adults. Um, so I think that was another opportunity. I can even think of how people chop the vegetables was very specific, and how... Some children had much more experience in the kitchen. Um, and I think that was another time for me that was, oh, it's not just about growing your food, but how you prepare it mm-hmm. is also sometimes specific to different cultures.
0: Now, can you talk a little bit about the dynamics at the community gardens? Because you just mentioned how you did the <coughs> stone soup where everybody was contributing. Are these gardens intended to build community, or are they intended to let individuals grow their own food? and
1: not have that pressure of having to interact with everybody around them. I'd say definitely in the work that we do, the community aspect is just as important as the food access aspect of, of our work. Um, and I would say it's it's sometimes challenging. Um, when a group of people are gardening together, there's so many different um, considerations of what plot is yours? And is everybody taking care of their weeds? Who has access to the water? Um, and a lot of the work that we do is not only providing the technical assistance and donating seeds and giving that kind of hands on gardening advice, but also focusing on garden management. So, how to recruit volunteers, how to set up common agreements amongst gardeners, mm-hmm. what are some best practices for a collective use of a shed? Um, What are different designs for gardens that include um, different accessibility features, um, whether it's the gravel path or a raised bed? Are there shade structures? So all these um, more organizational and infrastructure elements of a community garden are, are definitely a focus of a lot of the work that we do because gardens have to be functional spaces and have to be warm and welcoming spaces in order to build that community aspect and so we want to make sure that yes there's soil to grow food but all these other elements are in place so that people can enjoy the company of others and create new relationships in a garden setting and we find that gardens are a prime location Mm -hmm. for creating um, relationships amongst different cultures and different ages and from different backgrounds are these separated
0: garden plots?
1: Yeah, and so it, it depends what gardens. Um, we, we definitely support gardeners in many different arrangements of community-based gardens, mm-hmm. whether they're managed by a school or whether it's the rent-a-plot allotment style. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in community gardens, um, how they are managed varies mm-hmm. a lot. There's some we've seen a handful of gardens that are running a collectively managed system where its many gardeners come together from the neighborhood or from the local community and instead of each having each person having their own individual plot everybody gardens together so there's one potato bed and there's one tomato bed and all the lettuce is grown and the chores are on a rotating basis and people do what they can in the garden and then take home weekly shares and we've seen different different ways that people are organizing um, to grow food. Just sounds like what a community garden should be. Really. I agree. I agree definitely. And I've seen the amount of food grown in collectively managed gardens is much higher because you can dedicate a whole bed to one crop. So I think that that's definitely a benefit. But as you we were saying, the, the people managing aspect mm-hmm. requires a lot of a lot of attention and good organization. If you have that, then you can focus on that increased production.
0: Can you talk about the development of that system? I'm just so curious. Like, I can't imagine it was smooth the entire yeah. time. Um, was there like a
1: learning curve? Or a so I can talk about the the collectively managed garden um, that I ran last year as part of the community teaching garden. Um, community teaching garden is a program we've been running least the past 10 years. And last year was the first year that one of our garden sites out at the interval. we decided to switch the management style. And instead of each student having their own plot, mm-hmm. there was a group of 10 students who together shared the responsibility for managing the 2,000 square foot garden. Um, my initial introduction to Collectively Managed Gardens is a garden out in Montpelier. It's, the garden at 485 Elm Street, and they have an absolutely amazing example of a couple who has opened up a community garden on their own residential property, and it has been collectively managed from the beginning, and it's beautiful, they grow an immense amount of vegetables and some perennial fruits and herbs and flowers, and I went there to visit and learn about how they are managing it, and then was inspired to run last year's community teaching garden with that collective model um, i would say there's definitely a learning curve to be had um, for me a lot of changing a physical space from individual beds to collective <laughs> beds requires some some readjustments as to how where the pathways are and how can we make beds wider um, i would say the the consensus process with The people element is also interesting on how do we decide what variety of tomatoes we want to grow. Some people love cherry tomatoes. Some people want the plum tomatoes. Um, and I found that being in a garden with like-minded people made those decisions easier. Mm -hmm. Um, there wasn't conflict as to what are we going to grow? Um, and the accountability that people felt, I was impressed. If somebody didn't come to our weekly work parties or was absent because they were traveling over the summer, they definitely felt accountable to the garden and asked if they could go and put in a few extra hours of weeding um, outside of our work party. Um, So for the most part, I feel like it inspired that accountability of if everybody is putting in time at this garden where I'm eating from, I need to find the opportunity to put in time. Um, And yeah, there were some people who probably were at the garden less than others, but when it came time to collecting all the harvest, putting it on the picnic table, and everybody stands there with a basket and collects the vegetables that they want, that they feel they can consume within the next week and fills up their little basket, there was always extra on the table. And I think for me that's a big sign that mm-hmm. if, if we're all in this together and working hard, there is an abundance, and even that abundance goes far. Sometimes I had to really encourage people to take it home or to give it to their neighbors. There was a hand, small handful of times that we had extra harvest, and the opportunity for somebody to actually take it to the food shelf.
0: God, that's so inspiring. And it, and it was, definitely, definitely. Earlier you mentioned that you are from Mexico City, and obviously there's strong links between food and culture. Can you talk about, I guess, those connections that you've seen through the Community Garden program, or like even you coming from Mexico to Vermont, how important
1: it is to continue those traditions of food Mm -hmm. yeah i would say that gardening in mexico city and i was in the biggest city in that part of the world um where there's a lot of individuals who are very disconnected from the process of growing food and have absolutely no idea what a carrot pulled from the ground looks like or that tomatoes um, need to be trellised Um, So my context there was very much working, I would say, on the basics. I'm like, these are vegetables, and these are herbs, and these are flowers, and this is how we grow it. Um, And when it came time to enjoy the food, I found there's there's more connection with the process of eating versus the actual growing of food that I saw, at least in that urban population. Then coming here to Vermont, I think something that stood out for me a lot is There's so many resources here. It's really easy to grow your food in Vermont. Even though the season is much shorter, you can find seeds and you can find plants. And there's a greenhouse or a nursery in almost every um, bigger town. And in Mexico City, even though it's the biggest city around, there was no seeds. When I started gardening there, I brought seeds from the U.S., snuck them in my suitcase, and (laughs) took them down to Mexico because there was no place to find seeds that weren't definitely um, more conventional agriculture. The seeds are all planted in these fluorescent colors, and you can go to the markets in Mexico and buy them. And they're incredibly strong fluorescent colors, and they're treated with fungicides and Mm -hmm. herbicides. So I initially brought down the seeds, um, and then as the years went by, we started collecting seeds, and there were some other small farms outside of Mexico City that started producing seeds. So by the end of my eight, ten years of running urban agriculture programs in Mexico, I saw these basic inputs for gardening starting to appear. We had access to them now. Um, And that's around the time when I left and came to Vermont, but I still carried with me kind of the thriftiness of really taking care of my seeds and really being sure that I'm, I'm only planting what I can eat. And in Vermont, I've just seen such abundance in gardens. There's like extra all the time. So I think the... The seed saving aspect is something that has stuck with me um, and that I've tried to do a little bit more of my own seed saving here. Um, it's interesting to work with the community, with the Vermont Community Garden Network because we receive last year's seeds that can no longer be sold, um, that High Mowing has and that Gardener Supply, for example, takes off their shelves. There's so many seeds that can no longer be sold because they're last year's production Um, And so those are the seeds that we donate to groups. Seeds are still viable. Um, Lettuce seeds are viable for five, seven years, but they can't be sold if they're packaged for a given year. Um, So now I'm surrounded by this abundance of seeds, and it seems like, oh, I'll never be out of seeds. But I think having grown up in, in Mexico and having that been my introduction to community gardening, I think my perspective on like what a seed is is very different like there's limited amounts of seeds and we really need to take care of them I think that's something that stands out for me more Um.
0: I mean I've really never gardened I'm alongside my mom I have so these are things that I've never really considered Mm -hmm. the seeds being abundant and then having to throw them away after one year that just is such a waste and it's great that you guys are utilizing them. Mm -hmm. So how do you see VCGN expanding in the future?
1: One of our, um, I'd say our big focus for this year, and this is our first year of having a transition as far as our executive director and doing a lot of work with strategic planning for the organization, we are very much focusing on the network aspect of the work that we do. So yes, we maintain strong roots here in Burlington and in our partnerships within Burlington, but we really want to embody the work that we do as a network to support gardens and gardeners all around the state of Vermont. So I know my colleagues um, have been traveling to communities around Vermont, um, gardens that we already know of, places that we've heard of, to connect with people there. and learn about what are people in Vermont who are somehow involved in a community-based garden, what are they needing? What kind of support would be helpful? Um, So that's been a huge focus of the work that we do. Um, One example is our annual, it's a garden work day and fundraising event. It's called Day in the Dirt. that happens at the end of April. And last year was the first year that we extended it Statewide, and this year we're furthering that effort to not only um, organize volunteers and a big work party and fundraising for gardens in Burlington, but also statewide. Um, we have a grant program that grantees were recently announced the last week. Um, it's called the Thriving Gardens Grant, and that is to support garden improvement projects around the state. Um, so as as we find funds available to support gardens from around the state and gardeners around the state, um, I would say that's kind of the next focus of the work that we do. Really, be the network, mm-hmm. and along with that, being able to connect to other similar networks around um, around the country. Uh, I'm always love the comparison that my colleague Libby makes on how we have a network There's somewhere around four to five hundred community-based gardens in Vermont. Um, we are continually updating our database and that's similar to the amount of gardens that are in a big city or even in a big neighborhood. And if you think about New York City, <laughs> they have four to five hundred gardens by borough. And so our yeah. statewide network is almost the size of some city or neighborhood networks in other parts of the country. So how is our work Similar and what can we learn each other is also something that we're interested in and adjusting it and adapting it to the to the Vermont scale. We're up to five hundred sounded like a lot
0: (laughs) to me.
1: I guess I was just curious when you were talking about
0: expanding but have you done work with Huertas in the past? Because I feel like you guys are
1: very similar. Yeah. I personally haven't. I know every year when we have our seed donation, kind of call for seed donations and people contact us asking for the donated seeds and we send a packet of 25 to 30 seeds. I know every year um, whether it's it's interns or coordinators from where it says have contacted us to come and gather seed donations mm-hmm. uh, but we have not had more collaboration than that. Okay. I think as, as you're saying, I think it's prime connection to <laughs> Um
0: Well, we are actually almost out of time. So, Carolina, I would just like to thank you again for sitting down with me today. Uh, and to all of my listeners, uh, make sure you check out bcgn.org for more information um, and about their work and ways that you can get involved.